You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the X-Man Podcast. I'm your host, Doc Coyle. Thank you so much for checking out the program. Might sound a little different this week. I am on a different microphone on my AKG. Shout out to AKG. Harmon. On my AKG uh, web mic or USB mic, excuse me. And I'm in a hotel in Nashville. And I did not put out a show last week. And... A lot of things, (laughs) there were many crossing ships in the night. And so I had uh, essentially Bad Wolves put out a record on October 29th. And as you can imagine, there's a lot of work that goes into releasing an album. And then leading up to that, I've been very quiet about this, but the wedding band, the band I do with Rob and Kirk from Metallica, and John Theodore from Queens of the Stone Age, and Whitfield Crane from Ugly Kid Joe, and now Mark Asugueda from Death Angel is doing a gig in December. And we had rehearsals pretty much Halloween weekend. And then I had 25 songs to review, I think eight or nine new songs. And so I was kind of Everything was mashed up with that, plus all the work I had to do surrounding the album release. And then I immediately, once the album was out, had to fly to Nashville and we're doing more rehearsals out here. So I want to apologize for essentially just not putting out a show last week, but it, it was just a real time crunch with everything that was going on. And it happens. I don't like to skip weeks, but you know. It just, it is what it is. So I, I apologize. And I just haven't been able to book guests. And I was this week, I was running up against the same issue because I've been rehearsing all day and literally haven't had time to even record an interview. So I was like, you know what? Doc Coyle will just talk to the people. But, uh, but anyway, it is really exciting to do another wedding band gig. Being involved with this crew in this circle every time around it is... It's just mind blowing, and I feel so grateful to be a part of uh, that circle, man. And just for me, it's it's like school. <laughs> I I try and not you know shut my mouth up and do more listening than than talking, and absorb the environment. There's so much just musicality, man. These guys just love they love music so much, and the way they absorb. Like, we'll listen to songs 
and the way they hear music and the way they vibe off ideas. It's very free flowing and very organic. And me, I'm, I'm so much more kind of regimented, kind of in the way I organize things. I, I definitely want some sense of control over musical environments. And it's and, and so in, in that way, I think any, any environment I can be around that loosens me up and forces me to kind of get outside of my comfort zone and think on top of my feet and kind of feel more and think less, I think is a good environment. And, and you know, just to observe people at the top of the industry and see how they work, see what their habits are, is always going to be super helpful. So it's been a lot of fun. I'm just playing guitar pretty much every day. <laughs> and that's a blessing. And I'm, I'm just around great people. And I'm, it's just, you know, around some of my heroes. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. So I definitely have to, it's just, it's very exciting. And then everything going on with the, the Bad Wolves album. Oh, actually, before I get into that, the Wedding Man show, it's going to be in San Francisco in December. It's not on sale yet. It hasn't really been announced yet, but putting that out there. So it's going to be a hot ticket. Let me put it that way. It's in a, in a theater and it's going to be a lot of VIPs. So good luck getting a ticket. Don't, don't be calling me asking for guest lists because the answer is no, sons of bitches. But uh, <laughs> be on the lookout for that. Anyway, Bad Wolves did put an album out, I guess, last week or I guess now it's about 10 days ago, 10, 11 days ago. And a lot of people, oh, what, what was the record sales? And I want to kind of put something out there because I've seen something like news stories that'll get picked up, whether it's Lamb Goat or the PRP or whatever, Metal Injection, where a website will like do a story where they go, oh, such and such band, it's the lowest... Uh, charting or th their album didn't chart. And, you know, I've seen that for a Treyu or Fear Factory or a few bands. There's one about Whitechapel. And I just need, to, like, people kind of need to start reconfiguring the way they understand that stuff. Uh, partially because the industry, and especially our record label, Better Noise, is going away from, not even going away, they've gone away from putting an emphasis on record sales at all. It's pretty much all streaming. That's where their focus is. So with Bad Wolves, if you if you notice, you're paying attention, we essentially announced our album six weeks before it was released and only released one song to all streaming services during that time. House of Cards was only released to YouTube. And so that was essentially geared towards the idea that we really weren't going to focus on record sales. Because if you were focused on record sales, what you would do is actually plan the record way in advance and then release songs slowly over a period, period of time. Like, for example, Black Veil Riots, who put out a record the first week as, as, or the same week as we did, they had a song on that record that was out for six months. Uh, <laughs> Spirit Box had a song, uh, Holy Roller, on their record that was out for like a year and a half <laughs> before the album came out. And so it kind of serves like a commercial for that record. But our focus really is on getting streams in the long term. Now, what it does is if you don't have like a splashy first week, it kind of, that's a great like, 
marketing thing to go, hey, look at how psyched people are about a record. They went and bought the record and did all this. And I, and I do think it's still, that's still a cool thing. And, and ideally you'd want both. Uh, but I definitely think with Bad Wolves, we understand we're in this kind of transition rebuilding phase. And a lot of that is, is just going to be getting on the road and playing the record, playing these songs, reintroducing the band and connecting with fans, right? Just being out there, talking to people, you know, just reforming that connection. So much about the fan engagement is connection. And a lot of that too is just letting the songs kind of do the work. And so I think the real kind of gauge of where we're at is going to be in, a, in six months. It's going to be in a year. And so it's like trying, there's a discipline to being not so results-based because of course you need certain results to have a career. But for up to, for, to me, the discipline is looking in the long view and understanding there's just a lot of work to do, you know, and I'm really proud of the record. I think it came out great. And I think as people discover the music, it's just gonna, it's gonna do really well, I think. So it's gonna be exciting. And I kinda, in many ways, it's being the underdog. <laughs> it's a place I'm very comfortable with. Uh, but there are a lot of encouraging metrics, uh, streaming wise that are really cool to look at. So it's, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a stats nerd. So I, I get into the, the weeds a little bit and I check what this band is doing and this band is doing and kind of, analytics definitely give you a gauge of of where you're at but like i said we're in, we're definitely changing the singer that's not easy you know uh and like i said announcing a record six weeks boom it's out um and also another big factor in those first weeks is vinyl so some bands that had big first weeks sales in the last uh couple months mastodon spirit box every time i die they all had their vinyl available. Our vinyl won't be available until May of 2022. So you see with Spirit Box, out of their like 20,000 or 18,000 records they sold, 10,000 of them were vinyl, right? Uh, Mastodon, a similar number. So that doesn't, those sales don't count until the vinyl actually shows up. And a lot of these factories have an eight month lead time. So. These are just things things to factor, but listen, it looks great. Do we want to chart and do that? It's a nice thing to brag about, uh, for sure. But like I said, it's a different long view. So I just wanted to give a little context there uh, to see, understand where business wise, where we're kind of looking at things, and you know, it's just all about going out and working the record. And I think that's something people have forgotten about too. Is you don't really want a record that sells really well the first week. And then it kind of falls off and that's it. It kind of falls off the mountain. You don't hear from it. You really want something with some lasting power. And I think there's going to be some songs on this record. You know, six months from now, there's a song called Springfield Summer. I think that song is going to go. I think it's going to be big. And so we'll, we'll do that. I'm, I'm going to have a sip real quick. I'm going to try and do no edits on this. Let's do, let's do it organic, all right? That's right. Talking makes you thirsty. Really does. Oh, excuse me. So something I wanted to talk about as well, I'm sure you guys have heard that Travis Scott, the rapper, had a festival uh, a few days back uh, called Astro World in Houston, and eight people died and over 100 people were injured. 
where people stormed the gates and rushed the stage. And, you know, it's just a real absolute tragedy. And I don't know. I've, I've, I've seen some, some good takes. I've seen some very reactionary things to it. I think one take I don't like is basically to kind of just diss hip hop fans and go, they're garbage people. And that's why this happened. And I, I, I really don't think that's the case. I mean, there's a million hip hop shows and this hasn't happened as far as I've known in any uh, recent history. So I think it's, it's really something that theoretically could happen anytime. Uh, I know a lot of the bigger shows, what they'll do is they'll do like crowd partitions, you know, maybe in the center or some of the big festivals, they'll do one in the center and then one up kind of midway through the field. And then they'll might do that a couple times too and mitigate how many people can kind of get in a certain area. So clearly there was issues with the way this was kind of structurally organized, but so much of the criticism is really around Travis Scott himself because it's his festival. Uh, he owns it, promote, he's the promoter, I guess, or works with a promoter. And he was on stage performing when this happened. And there's video of an ambulance literally making its way through the crowd, which I've never seen. I've never seen that. And essentially him kind of disregarding it. There was no real concern in, in his response to that for how to essentially deal with what was going on. There was no curiosity of why is there a fucking ambulance here? And he immediately goes to, all right, get your hands up. I want the ground to shake. I mean, you know, I, and kind of what it, what it kind of drew to me was the idea. And I, I've seen this in certain performers where I think the crowd going off, right, for certain people is really like a giant ego feeder. It's like the crowd, in so, to some regard, is there to entertain the entertainer. <laughs> and so the crazier they can make the crowd go, it's a reflection of their power or their stature that I am, I am God amongst men. I am Moses. I part the, <laughs> the Red Sea. And I don't know. I, I just catch those vibes. You know I mean, it's not to say like, okay, this guy's a bad guy or, or whatever, but I do think it's a, a situation where the, the moment itself was about him you know, and him getting off and this, this ambulance or whatever was going on in the crowd was like an inconvenience to him getting to enjoy the show in the way he wanted to. And it's unfortunate. I mean, of course it's unfortunate, but it, in some ways it kind of reminds me of what happened with Alec Baldwin, uh, shooting someone on a set because there was a, a problem with this gun that had, you know, this gun that had real bullets in it and people died where something really bad has to happen for people to understand that these are like really big stakes and you have to just be really careful. Like if, if, and people are dead and they, there's no coming back from that. And there's a nine-year-old kid who's on, 
who's in like a an induced coma with like brain damage and shit from this a nine-year-old kid. That's fucking crazy. And I don't really think like listen, you never know, but he you know, he issued an apology. Uh wasn't that great, in my opinion. And you know, the reason why I'm talking about it is because this affects all of us in the concert industry. And it's really important that when you have 50,000 people, which were there in kind of the palm of your hand, that you really pay attention to people's safety because it's real easy for things to go awry. And a lot of these security teams are understaffed or maybe they don't even have, they're not highly skilled. Maybe they they don't have training uh, to kind of deal with issues of this magnitude. So you just don't want anything like, you know, I mean, I remember this happened. I mean, Guns N' Roses, I think this happened where people died. Uh, Pearl Jam, a situation. So it, it's been a while, but you don't, it should never happen, you know? So it's just a real, a real tragedy. But I don't know, I just kind of wanted to talk about that. I'm just going to kind of blast through a couple topics because I was like, think, you know, fuck it. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about some stuff, you know? Why not? This, this is what, what we got. This, is gonna, this isn't going to be super long, but I figured... In lieu of not having a full show, I would just <laughs> give you guys uh, a little commentary what's what's going on in, in the news. So what else is going on? Apparently, Marilyn Manson is Christian now. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I really wonder, I mean, because this is always the move. Right. When you're on the I fucked up tour. Right. People usually go Christian. It's the because, you know, it is a religion based in forgiveness, which, listen, I'm I'm about that. I I, I support that. Uh, but coming from Marilyn Manson, this feels very rich. Right. I mean, or is he is he not really doing that? Is he just kind of like. Maybe this is Kanye putting out um, an was an olive branch, <laughs> the Olive Garden. <laughs> yeah, it's putting out an olive branch and giving him a lifeline, so to speak, which is kind of interesting because wasn't Kanye supposed to be canceled? So how can someone who's canceled give you a lifeline? <laughs> I guess I think Kanye he's he's definitely in uncancelable territory, right? I mean, because I guess everything he's done is more like saying dumb shit or doing dumb things or inconsiderate things, but he's not like done anything. He hasn't killed anyone or raped anyone. So he's in like a different camp of 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 cancellation. You know, but with Manson, I just I wonder what the end game is with this. But I guess when everyone's hating on you and people aren't picking up the phone, I guess you gotta you gotta take any calls you can get, especially if it's Kanye who's a billionaire, you know. But I like my theory with Manson is I really don't think unless he goes to prison or something like that, I think eventually he'll come out of it because even though there's definitely some credible accusations um there's other stuff where it's kind of 
feels more like it's less on formidable ground. It's kind of hard to say. But I also think I actually kind of came to this realization about especially musicians and like comedians, like people who you who directly entertain you, right? Like an actor, it's a little different because they have to be in a movie. And a movie is inherently it's an ensemble, a group, there's a director, right? It's not an really an individual pursuit. But you could be a you know, Marilyn Manson could go in a studio with a producer and just make an album and then it's out. Right? He doesn't even really need a record label. And he can just go do shows. And I think ultimately what people, if you, there's an exchange, right? And, and the exchange is, I give you music you like, or maybe a persona you like, or this thing that's called entertainment. And as long as you're entertained, part of that deal isn't necessarily you being a good person, right? And so I think people are kind of okay with you not checking all those boxes as long as you provide the entertainment. And I'm actually kind of okay with that, you know? Um, right? Like, why do, <laughs> you know, <laughs> does Ben and Jerry, do they need to be nice guys for me to know that the ice cream is good? <laughs> you know? I don't, I don't, I, so, and I know like people have this kind of, these, I think this is this, describes this point in time is right this ethical concerns of like you know is this is this a, a is this conflict ice cream <laughs> are there you know uh child labor in in sweatshops making this ice cream and and we, and we want to kind of have a relationship with our consumerism that doesn't feel dirty but ultimately if the symbolic ice cream is good I think it's going to be hard to kind of shut that down. And there's only one Marilyn Manson, right? Dude, his last record was great. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It was, it was really good. And it was ne never under the presupposition that he was a great guy. He's, he's the god of fuck, the Antichrist superstar. Is the anti, you know, is, I don't know. I think the only thing that bums you out about some of this stuff and, and how bad it may be is I remember after columbine and he had that great interview on uh, bowling for columbine and he just sounded like a really intelligent guy and what bums me out about it is that back in the day when he came out and everyone was protesting him and they were like burning his records and christians were showing up their stereotype is oh well he's an evil guy he's a satanist and he's this and that so if all that stuff turns out to be true and he's really this kind of destructive abusive person it kind of makes them look right and that's the kind of bummer for that but it's weird i kind of think the problem with a lot of this stuff is i'm completely down with like the path to redemption but part of that is to go is to say hey i fucked up I did a bad thing, A or B or C or D, and here's what I'm going to do to kind of change that. And I think that's either the person didn't do the thing or they, they maybe they did, but they have a different interpretation of it. And maybe it's, it's a more complex story than perhaps is being said by the accuser. Um, but for, for some reason, 
they don't think they're in a position to say, I'm sorry. So, or, Hey, I was, I was a bad person. I guess you kind of, it's this thing of just don't never admit it. Um, and that's the way to go through. So it's, it's, it's a tough one. Cause I, I do think people go, yes, yes, this is fucked up. Um, but it's hard, it's hard to say. I mean, we do live in a, in some sense, a guilty into, until proven innocent public sphere. But I also think in the sense with like Kanye embracing him or the baby, it's, I, the fact that people are trying to cancel you makes me want to embrace you. And I think there, there is a whole culture around that as well. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. But it kind of made me think about the state of cancel culture or whatever that, that is. And I know I've ta- I talk about this a lot lately, but it's just something that's so prescient. Like every week, there's three different instances or maybe more, right? That that you're like, okay, here's this situation. Here's that situation. And the funny thing about it is like, we used to just call this a scandal, right? Such and such was involved in a scandal. And now we attach this new label on it. And then people reflexively get in a position, right? And one of my big problems with it is that people will say, such and such is being has been canceled, but they haven't been. So it, it's like this overly broad term, right? Well, Dave Chappelle's canceled. Even Dave Chappelle, he's like, have I been canceled? Okay, here's what's not being canceled: being criticized. Being criticized is not being canceled. All right, <laughs> in an environment where every human being that has a smartphone or computer can express their opinion. And if you are famous and you do things in in the public light that are controversial, you will be criticized. That is not being canceled. 
okay? And the, and the problem is we're painting such a broad brush. Like, what has Dave Chappelle lost? He's lost his documentary is not being screened at certain film festivals. Okay. It's a, it's a consequence. I think it's a temporary consequence. I think in many ways... It would, the funny thing is he's like, oh, I need funding. I'm like, aren't you like, aren't you worth hundreds of millions of dollars? He, Dave Chappelle can't dis- distribute his own documentary. That's kind of a little strange to me. And it's like, dude, don't you have a deal with Netflix? <laughs> Why can't it be on Netflix? Isn't, hold on, let me check my notes. Doesn't everyone have Netflix? I think that's the biggest audience for it. Um, I think they gave this dude like $100 million for his st- stand-up. So I think, I think they can afford it. And apparently the guy who owns Netflix has your back. Um but canceling, okay, to me means a, a few things. One, it means that you've either lost your job because, but it has to be due to pressure put on whoever hires you to stop it. It can't just be, oh, they fired you because your, your company's a dick. I mean, I guess that could be the same thing. Maybe, maybe I should I should qualify that. We'll, we'll strike that from the record. So if you're okay, if you're fired or you lose your job or the ability to make a living, uh, I don't think you know if you was making a hundred million dollars a year and then you were quote unquote canceled and now you're making fifty million dollars a year. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm just not. I'm not gonna be that mad at you, right? Like. <laughs> Like even Chappelle, he goes, uh, they canceled J.K. Rowling. I'm like, but what happened to her? A bunch of people were mad at her, but I mean, she's got hun- she's in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, so I don't really, I'm sure something. I'm sure there were consequences, but but this is this is, this happens all the time. Like, but it doesn't mean you're done. You know, there's certain people like Kevin Spacey was canceled. All right, he. Ain't- <laughs> He ain't in no movies, all right? He's not invited to the Oscar party, okay? You know what also is not being canceled? Going to jail. That's it. <laughs> I mean, that's just going to jail, all right? You just went, you did some shit, and now you're in jail. But guess what? OJ's out. Bill Cosby's out. Are, are they still canceled? I guess, but they're out. They're, they're still, they still got money. They're still doing things. I mean, I, I guess... <laughs> But I don't know. Like it, the the funny thing is, I was thinking about this, and I was like, I was like, man, Donald Trump was canceled multiple times before he became president, right? And by that, I mean when he first announced he was running for president, he did that speech, and he's like, Mexicans, they're coming over, they bring crime, they bring drugs, they're ra- they're rapists, right? After that happened he got dropped from nbc um he lost all these different all this different support like like people that you know like he was denigrated by all these people oh where fuck that guy right he was canceled but then there was an opposite reaction of people that embraced him right the grabbing by the pussy how many people stopped supporting donald trump after that so many people, the Republican Party is like, we need to drop this guy. And he still won. So to me, it, a lot of it, it's just, to me, the real 
people being quote unquote canceled that we have to really worry about is normal people is when a regular person says a tweet or whatever, or, and then they get fired from their job. Like I watched this one documentary on HBO about a guy who was, a who worked for like an electricity company or something. I forget exactly. He was just a regular dude. And he was just like stretching out his hand and people thought he made like a okay white power symbol. <laughs> He's like a Mexican dude from California and he got fired and they still won't give him his job back. It's like, that shit's terrible. That's the shit you really have to worry about. The celebrities, it's kind of neither here nor there. And even sure that I'm sure it's not fun. Um, but I also think like someone, you know, this is not, this is not my point that I've made completely on my own, but at some point it's like everyone's going to be canceled. Like, you know, that, that whole, uh, was that, you know, 15 minutes of fame. Andy Warhol said like in the future, everyone will be famous for 15 minutes. Now the future is everyone will be canceled for at least an hour. (laughs) You know, and that will kind of nullify it. But I do think we have to expand our terminology around this thing because it's just too reactionary. Uh, Consequences and criticism is not being canceled. And even losing one job, like, oh, I lost this job, but then you become a martyr and then you get hired by some other thing then it's not the same thing. And, and it's just this kind of weird moment. Like, uh, I'll see, cause like, you know, I, 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 I patrol on, on YouTube and there'll be all these videos. Right. And it'll always be like, they'll pick out like a random comedian. They'll go, Jerry Seinfeld gives his thoughts about cancel culture. It's like, wow. Oh, I can't wait to click on this and see what he thinks. I know what he thinks. Like, what's the, and so we're kind of in this thing where we're being fed what we want to hear, right? And I, dude, I have lefty friends who will legit with a straight face tell me cancel culture does not exist, which is crazy, which is hyperbole. Cause all they're trying to say is, oh, uh, yeah, these people who are quote unquote canceled, well, they're still rich or they're, they still have some opportunities. I'm like, yeah, but. But all of them, it's not the same for everyone, right? I mean, R. Kelly ain't booked a concert in a while, I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Uh, and it doesn't mean his life is terrible, right? It doesn't mean, I don't know, his day-to-day. He's still got money and all that. But to say it doesn't exist is dismissive, you know? So it's just about finding a good balance on this. But, you know, it's just a situation. It's like, yo, I think people want to live in an environment where they could just say whatever the fuck they want and no one says anything. Like that's kind of was my takeaway from the Chappelle special was I want to say whatever the fuck I want about whoever I want and I don't want anyone to say anything. And that's just fucking, it's naive. Um, And it bespeaks uh, to individuals who generally get whatever the fuck they want when they want. It just doesn't work that way. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Or, in some cases, it's a not fair reaction. And I think that's definitely something collectively we have to deal with. Um, And most of the time, it's coming from 
corporate America. Like, it's a reflection of motherfuckers who are trying to watch after their their money, right? Um, so I don't know. It's it's not something like I said. I think we're very we're everyone has their side. Pre-organized, there's very little latitude to kind of really hear. And maybe you guys hear this and you go, "Well, Doc, you have your viewpoint on this pretty mapped out, and you're not really, um, you know, you're not flexible on that." And I, and I don't, I just don't think that's true. You know, like it bums me out what happened to Dave Ellison. I don't think he deserved to be fired for Megadeth. Um, you know, that's. I think there are certain scenarios like Louis C.K. I don't think deserve to be a pariah to the degree. Um, I don't think, um, I'm forgetting the name of the guy from Master of None. I'm forgetting the name of the the, the, the comedian. But I think there, there, there are several people that, who have in, to some degree, like Louis C.K. has been pretty canceled, right? Does he still go out and do shows and make money? Sure. Uh, but does he have the platform he had and do, you know, is he hosting SNL and starring in movies like he was? No, he's not. Um, so yeah, we got to figure out how to kind of deal with that, uh, to whatever degree that's healthy, but it's definitely something, like I said, that I don't think the environment, even, even the, the anti environment is helping because I think. I think to some some people it's it's kind of a badge of honor, uh, and so it, if you embrace a bad person because the the like the you know the the woke mob came after them, then you're 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 doing it wrong as well. So I don't really know, but I think that's everything I wanted to talk about today. Uh, so hopefully it wasn't too weird i don't know i don't like talking now sometimes i wonder like if you guys get bummed out if i'm talking about stuff that's not really music related but i don't know it's like i was looking through the headlines and i only had a couple music related topics so just blast through it real quick but anyway hope you guys enjoyed it either way so i wanted to play a song before i go and it's by a band called repentance and it's a band of one of my good buddies sean glass Who's been in band? Who was formerly on this show? Who's in bands like Soil and Dirge Within and Broken Hope? And we're gonna play a brand new song from them called No Innocence, and it's from a N excuse me N E P that will be released on November twenty sixth, entitled Volume One Reborn. And I hope you guys enjoy it. I like it. It's a it's pure metal riffin banger so enjoy the song check them out go to their socials and uh tell them doc cool sent you and anyway i hope everyone has an excellent week we'll be back next week kind of with a more normal show normal guest normal mic not in a hotel room and uh we'll be back to your regularly bat scheduled time and content but anyone actually also wanted to thank everyone who bought the bad wolves record Dear Monsters means the world. And if you ordered vinyl, you'll have it next year, <laughs> eventually. So take care, y'all. Enjoy this song by Repentance. This one is entitled No Innocence. Right.
I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to something about the Beatles, now at Evergreen, and wherever you get your podcasts.